0: Thank you. Welcome back to Not Another Wellness Podcast. This is Natalie Dellinger and I'm so honored that you are tuning into this episode. Perhaps the title intrigued you or you saw me posting about it on Instagram at Naturally Nomadic, but either way, anyway, I'm so glad that you're here listening to me. It means a lot and it's been a long time since I've out an episode in a long time since I've done a solo episode. So I'm excited to be here and you can tell from my voice that I'm winded. <laughs> I'm 28 weeks pregnant. Well tomorrow I will be starting my third trimester <sighs> and my belly is very big and it pushes up against my <laughs> ribs and it's funny. How winded I am all the time, and we're going to talk about that. Um, if you haven't been pregnant and don't know what I'm talking about, or you're curious, I'm definitely going to share all the details today about the pregnancy, about the last 28 weeks of my life, and so much more. We're going to talk about the best things about pregnancy, the hardest things about pregnancy. We're going to talk about miscarriage and OBGYN and midwifery and um, all the books and resources that I use to help me feel less alone because if you're listening to this and you're newly pregnant for the first time man it feels like very scary what is actually happening to you and I know I turn to all the pregnant mamas that I ever knew to ask for suggestions, for help, for advice. And it's almost funny, you kind of forget that pregnancy is so natural and it's been happening to women from the beginning of time. That's why we're all here. But it still feels like this big mystery. And I definitely did not know anything about pregnancy before getting pregnant. And maybe you're like me. So the purpose of this episode today is just to talk about it, just to share my experience with you, if nothing else, to help you feel less alone in your own experience, but just also maybe highlighting some of the themes that come up during a woman's pregnant years, um, things that could happen, things that happen to women very often, and just shed some light on those things so that people don't feel like they are uninformed or that they don't know or don't feel alone because it's something we should all be more well-versed about. Like, we all came out of a vagina, so it should be pretty common knowledge how that process works and how to best support women as they go through that journey. And I've come to find it's really not, it's really not common knowledge at all. So that's why we're here today. Thanks for tuning in. So earlier today, I Send out a message on my Instagram feed asking you guys for questions about pregnancy. So, we're going to talk about those. But first, I just want to give you, you know, the rundown, like how this all happened. (laughs) The birds and the bees. Just kidding. This story starts in December, actually, December 13th, 2019. I took an oath of sobriety from alcohol and I said, I'm enough is enough. I'm not drinking anymore. It doesn't suit my lifestyle. I'm tired of getting hung over. It's not worth it. And I quit drinking. And it was great. I was so excited about honoring myself for the first time and like really feeling good in my body and not having to worry about those hangovers or any stress that comes with trying to drink when you just really don't want to. And I did that for a couple of months, and it was great. It was hard. and honestly, at the start of twenty twenty, I thought, you know, me not drinking the sober, curious movement. I was gonna be talking a lot about that. That's kind of how I saw twenty twenty going. Um, and that's not at all what happened uh at all. So what actually happened was fast forward to March seventeenth or so, a week after. COVID-19 has become a serious threat all over the world. It had already been a serious threat to human lives in China and other parts of Asia and Europe, and it actually made its way to the U.S., and they started closing things down. Um, it was, I think, March 12th, the first day that work went from being full-time to fully remote. Um It was a couple days later that I was sitting down with my then boyfriend and now fiance and we were like, hey, you know, let's go somewhere and work for a couple weeks. Like this is a really weird time. I'm not really sure what to think about it, but like let's get out of here. So we quickly booked an Airbnb in Santa Fe and we're really excited to navigate this together just the two of us we drove down to New Mexico with a very packed car things get really heavy in that time like things start shutting down restaurants start closing this was before people were talking about wearing masks and it was very like no one really knew how to protect themselves from this they just kept saying don't touch your face wash your hands that kind of thing we got to New Mexico we worked remotely. And it, it, you know, it was that first week of adjustment. There was so much anxiety in the air. I actually started teaching meditation every day for my office because people and myself included were like, you know, freaking out. It was like, okay, we're in a pandemic. Like, what does this mean? Thursday, March 19th. So one week after pandemic happening, I was experiencing symptoms that were similar to PMS, premenstrual syndrome, but they were different at the same time. Or I had an inkling that I could potentially be pregnant from a, I'm going to call it a user error on my basal body temperature birth control method app. So I was taking my temperature every single morning for the last two and a half years. And putting my measurement into an app that would tell me where I was in my cycle based on it understanding my body's rhythm and what, um, you know, what temperature I was and like where I was in my cycle. So, you know, I was not so careful with it. Um, and I assumed that my ovulation day had already happened based on prior, Months' knowledge and me being very aware of my body and my cycle. And I was wrong. And the app told me to wait. It did not tell me that I was safe. I just want to say that I completely spaced on checking my app. Um, At the time of the deed, uh, it turns out that I ovulated a few days later than I had thought. So that's the first question people ask me is, how did you get pregnant by accident if you are on birth control? Well, it happens. First of all, it happens pretty often on regular birth control when it's used properly. There's still a margin for error. And with the method that I was using, there's a margin for user error, which is just when an end user (laughs) does not follow the directions. That was me. So anyway, I'm waiting for my period, and you know, when I had noticed the the mistake of, of the app or the user error, I went to Adam and said, hey, there's a slight chance that if this app is right, that we could end up getting pregnant. But like, you know what? It's not going to happen because people struggle with pregnancy to get pregnant for years. Like, there's no way that we missed the mark and like we're gonna have a baby but just so you know it's possible and we had a very loving and open conversation about our future what we wanted I don't think kids was the next step for us at the time and it certainly wasn't something that was out of the picture for the long term but it wasn't a near-term goal we were still dating I run to Walgreens. And I said, Adam, like, I just need to know if this is PMS or what. I just have this, this suspicion that I'm pregnant, but I had no real symptoms at this time. So I go to Walgreens. I do the thing that is just very awkward. Like there's nothing more awkward than walking into a pharmacy as a woman buying plan B or birth control or condoms or, Um, in this case, pregnancy tests, and then having to walk, you have to walk all the way to the back of the store. Some, for some of these things I mentioned, like plan B, you have to get someone to like open it for you. It's in this like plastic container with a lock or whatever. So it's just not like something you can like casually walk away with. So I grab a pregnancy test. I grab two pregnancy tests because it I just, you never know, wanted to buy two, but there's so many kinds and I'm reading the back and I'm like early detection or regular detection or first response, like whatever. And I don't know. It's just, they make it so confusing and they're also so expensive. It's literally a litmus test for a certain hormone um, in your body. If you're actually pregnant, it, it's just as crazy that they make it so expensive, whatever. So I go up to the register. How's your day? Great. Buy a pregnancy test. <laughs> like, you know how my day's going. Don't be awkward. And I leave the store and I walk back to our Airbnb. Adam is still on calls. He's been working the whole day. And I didn't even really tell him I was running to Walgreens. I was just like, I need to know right now I can't write this off and big sigh for every woman who's ever taken a pregnancy test which is probably most women by the time they're my age 28 it's just like very like nerve-wracking because you just don't know what's gonna happen you're taking the test because you really don't know if you're pregnant or not so pee on the stick And I'm staring at the thing. And the weirdest thing to me in all of my memory of this is looking at the pregnancy test and thinking, okay, where's the second line? Where's the double line? The double line in this case means pregnant. But there was something about me that was looking for the line. I was expecting it to show up. And it did. So now I'm shaking. Pee on the other stick. Put it out, the line shows like right away. I sit on the floor of the bathroom and just have one of those moments where you're like, wait, (laughs) what do I do now? I've never seen a double line in a pregnancy test before. We weren't trying to get pregnant are there false positives like all of these questions running through my head like does this actually mean i'm pregnant adam is on the phone and he's going to be on calls for the next like two hours so i timed this terribly i immediately call some of my closest friends cousins like family and <laughs> i i just broke down and cried and was so scared I called my parents, which a lot of people were like, wow, I would not have done that. And I just felt like I, I just needed to, like, I I don't know. And not understanding how early I was, like I was four weeks pregnant, four weeks in one day or something like that. That is so early. The whole problem with these early detection pregnancy tests is a lot of times when women miscarry, it happens in that three, four, five, six week mark. Up to eight weeks, it's a very high chance of miscarriage. That's the very beginning foundational stages of the embryo developing or not. So many women will just have a late period that actually is a miscarriage because that early stage of egg to, egg to a fertilization, so the egg and the sperm meet, and then they travel down the fallopian tube and they get implanted. There's a lot that could go wrong from a biological standpoint. Nothing that you're doing. Meaning like, is that egg and sperm connection like viable? Is that the healthiest egg sperm um, duo? Sometimes it's not feasible. Sometimes the cells don't reproduce naturally, like as if you're looking at a science experiment. Sometimes the embryo doesn't attach to the uterine wall properly. I mean, I am giving you like the very basic version of this, but there are so many things that could go wrong from the time that egg and that sperm meet. Um, Not to mention the window of the egg and sperm meeting is so short. They tell women your whole lives. Oh, don't get pregnant. Like you have this idea that you're always fertile and you're always taking birth control to protect yourself, but you're really only fertile for about five days, give or take when you are ovulating and sperm can live for up to five days. So you basically ovulate on one day. And if their sperm is still alive and they meet the egg at the perfect time and the stars align, then it happens. Knowing this now, would I have immediately called my friends and family at four weeks pregnant and told them? No, <laughs> I probably wouldn't. Um, it's fine if you do. And the way you handle this scenario is totally fine. Any way you handle it, you cry, you scream, you're excited, you're a lot like calling all your girlfriends. The problem is, is that four week pregnancy mark up until week 12 The risk of miscarriage, it goes down the longer you go, but it's very high in that window. So just understand that that's why people don't tell people that they're pregnant until they're 12 weeks or longer along because one in four, I think it is, pregnancies result in miscarriage in those early stages. And then after the 12-week mark, you're still at risk. You still could miscarry up until the entire time of your pregnancy, but the way, the chances are way lower. Adam gets off the phone and I'm like laying in bed, just trying to like nap, trying to just be cool. Cause I didn't want to disturb his work day. Like he has just started this business and he's like a couple months in um being an entrepreneur, and I was like, I don't even know, like, if I'm really pregnant or not. Like, I still wasn't sure about the test being fully accurate. All these things were running through my head, and I was exhausted. And I lay down in bed, and he comes over in between calls, and he looked at me, and he just knew, and he said, so we're pregnant, aren't we? <laughs> the next day, we drove back to Colorado, and this town, Ure, Colorado, um, and we get there, And I'm just like in my own head, in my own world. I'm texting other moms. I'm saying, I just took a pregnancy test. It's came back positive. Like, can you chat this weekend? Like, can I talk to you? Because I don't know what is going on in my world anymore. All of this is happening in my world. Meanwhile, Adam is planning to propose to me. I had no idea. He calls my parents. He finds a jewelry store that's open Buys a ring. The next day we're out snowshoeing and he drops down on one knee and asks me to marry him. And like, I can't even tell you, like, overwhelming emotions that are coming out of me, just bawling at everything. And just like realizing that my life partner leaned into a situation that for us was really scary. And asked me to be with him forever. So he proposes and we go on like the longest hike of my life and <laughs> we get lost. and Like we're snowshoeing and it's snowing and it's just beautiful and we're so excited. And like we rode the engagement high. We got back to Boulder and like I kind of just like checked into, okay, we just got engaged. I'm going to focus on this major life event because this one is guaranteed, this baby being four going on five weeks pregnant is not. And that was a very, that is a very difficult thing. Like being in limbo, being pregnant, but it being super early. And then a good girlfriend of mine had a miscarriage. And then another friend of ours had a miscarriage all within these early weeks of my pregnancy. And I was just thinking that could be me. And that is one in four, and that is very likely to happen to me now, if not later. And but just something to be sensitive to. It's not something most people feel like talking about. The ones that do are are sharing because they want other people to feel less alone, and that is such a beautiful thing because because how common this is, it shouldn't be something that we are ashamed of and feel like we can't talk about. Right, like. I just want that to change. I just want all of these women's health and like things that we just don't address and we don't educate ourselves on. We don't talk to women or men about. I want them to become more (laughs) commonplace and more understood and less scary in the sense of like feeling like you are broken or wrong or anything that you did contributed to the loss of that embryo. And it's just not, just not true. I started getting really nauseous, and my food, like, taste completely changed. I went from eating mostly plant-based to just feeling nauseated to the point of, like, I just wanted crackers and bagels and french fries from the drive-thru. And things are closed, and it's, like, not sure how safe it is to go to the supermarket. So, like, Adam went shopping for me for the first couple months. He is a saint um, just so I could stay home and I'm also working and so worried I'm going to lose my job because you just don't know that we didn't know at the early stage of COVID what was going to happen. People were losing their jobs left and right and I was just like, oh my God, like this is the first time in my life I actually really, really need health care. I was terrified of all these things and really wish I could see people and like talk about our engagement and celebrate it and celebrate the pregnancy. And I couldn't do any of that. So that was weird. Um, some of the top pregnancy cravings that I had cream cheese was one mozzarella cheese, (laughs) cheese, everything bagels, toasted bacon, egg, and cheeses still to this day. French fries still pizza. I craved Fritos, goldfish, like snacks, like, um, Oh, chicken tenders. I had frozen chicken tenders in the freezer. Uh, My diet was terrible and it was so hard to like deal with it because I was kept thinking like, oh my gosh, I eat so healthy and I'm so health conscious. And now all I want is kids like junk food. (laughs) Like I want french fries and chicken nuggets. And that's apparently super common. There are so many pregnancy symptoms that are super common right there's everyone so different like the biggest things for me were exhaustion man I napped every single day I went to bed at like seven or eight I felt like I was hungover like my stomach always hurt and and meanwhile I'm in these early stages of pregnancy where you can't really tell everyone and you are so tired and you're just anxious because you're not sure if you're still pregnant or not and I'm gonna be fully honest with y'all y'all you guys listening to this the week six of pregnancy, I had terrible anxiety about the future. And I think Adam, I know Adam did too. We both were really worried about finances. (laughs) The pandemic had just started. I was worried I was going to lose my job. Adam was an entrepreneur. I wasn't going to be able to find a job. I was worried that we weren't going to have enough money to raise a baby my perception was that I we were so 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 far away from being capable parents in the financial sense and then just like where we were in our lives we had so many things we wanted to accomplish in world in the world like Adam had just quit his job to start this business we wanted to travel we wanted to like move to other parts of Colorado and felt like we had a few years to do that and were really excited about all those things. And then finding out that I was pregnant in such a crazy time, and such an isolating time, it kind of caused me to spiral and really, really get dark and anxious. And I'm going to be fully honest about this because I don't want anyone to ever feel as alone or as horrible as I did. But I considered terminating the pregnancy. I made an appointment at Planned Parenthood and I went in and I, I talked through the two abortion options that there are. There is a procedural abortion and there is, um, a kind of like a surgery where they put you under, um, and or they put you, they give you pain medicine and they go up into your uterus and basically vacuum out what is forming the cells. And there's another form of abortion, which is a pill that you take. Um, I'm forgetting the specifics of it, but you take it, two pills, and it causes your uterus to contract and for your body to shed the lining, which then contains the cells of this forming embryo. And that was a really dark time. I had an appointment scheduled with them as a follow-up to have a pill abortion and that is how dark of a place I was in meaning that I thought I wasn't capable and I thought my body wasn't capable and I thought we weren't financially capable and I thought that we couldn't do it. I, I really like believed that in in the moment and I just want to say that I know abortion is a very controversial topic in this country. It's one that I have no trouble speaking to. I fully support the woman's right to choose what she and her partner decide is best for them and for this baby. I had no idea how intense the procedure is on the woman's body and I just want to say that if a woman decides to go through these procedures willingly She damn well deserves that choice and she damn well understands how physically demanding it is, how painful it is. You bleed for weeks, like you have pain, you have cramping, you have flu symptoms. Like it is not a simple thing where a woman's just like, you know, I just don't want this baby anymore. I'm just going to like quickly like abort it. No, 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 no. Nobody in their right mind walks into that operation or takes that pill without fully understanding the consequences of it and without fully needing to make that decision and go through all of the physical ramifications, the potential, like, you know, scarring from the procedure, the potential that it doesn't work fully, them having to go back and have a second procedure. Like nobody does that and hasn't, doesn't have a very fucking good reason why. So before you go judge somebody, before you go saying that they have no right to make that choice for their own body, just know that like if you've ever been in that situation where it came down to it, that person gets to decide, that partnership gets to decide. You and your judgment on the outside have no place inside a woman's body. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this, like I don't know, maybe you've had an abortion, maybe you know someone who has. Like, it is so common. Like, women have, like, five children, and then they get pregnant again, and they end up not wanting a sixth one for so many reasons. Like, maybe financial, maybe health. Like, you just don't fucking know. So don't go and judge people for making that choice. Because this is not an easy one, and it's not easy on anybody involved. I got back from that appointment, and... Um, I know I mentioned that I cried a lot (laughs) during this early weeks of pregnancy, but there was nothing like the tears that came out that night. Long story short, I and I went for a walk. We came back from the walk. We had dinner and I looked at him and I said, I, I can't go through with this. Like I can't intervene with this pregnancy. It doesn't feel right. And he looked at me and he said, I don't want to do it either. I don't want you to have this abortion. Um, and we like literally stood up and just bawled to each other, and we're like, "We're gonna keep this baby for as long as it keeps us." Uh, just getting emotional because it's it's it was a big deal, and a lot of people don't share that side of the story, and it's not something that I'll ever purposely hide from my kids or like make it seem from anyone like I'm perfect and I have this figured out and I walked into an unexpected pregnancy, arms open, glowing, and just so honored, you know, to be pregnant, which is a lot of people's experience and when they're trying. And I I think that's fantastic. And I, you know, sometimes wish I had that experience instead of um kind of falling into pregnancy and some of the darkness that it brought out in me um, or just my fear, just the fear it brought out of me, the shame. Oh my God. I had so much shame for getting accidentally pregnant. I was so worried what Adam's family was going to think of me. I hadn't even met most of them. And so I was so afraid of like anyone who's strong religious ties or like what my grandmother was going to say, what his grandmother was going to say, what our parents are going to think. Like I just, it, I, Yeah. <laughs> um, but the day we decided to keep or not intervene, so like it's still so early. I still don't know if this baby's going to, if I'm going to carry this baby full term at this point, obviously making the decision together to lean into our fear um, on a foundation that we know we had that was so strong and just realizing that, we, you know, we have loving family in this country who can help us if we need help and we have friends and we can do we can do it <laughs> and you know screw traveling like i've been to so many countries in my life how many more countries do i need to go to feel like accomplished it just it just kind of flipped things for me that that moment and i just said i don't think everything happens for a reason necessarily but I, I think the foundation of this relationship that I have with Adam is strong enough and we can do anything. <sighs> so that was the best decision I ever made. I felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders and um, I felt terrible <laughs> for pregnancy, mind you. I was like just eating bagels for days and chips and like I sleeping and just like I had no idea that's what pregnancy was like I had no idea I thought it was this blissful thing fast forward I'm just gonna go right to the questions because I've been talking for a long time and I want to answer the questions that some of you guys had sent over um, now that you know the full story so that yeah if you ever have other questions you know that I'm like totally open to answering them one of the first questions that was sent over what has your mindset been during the pandemic and how do you like stay positive when it feels like the world is literally crumbling around you? Um, Yeah, like I said in the beginning, finding out a week into COVID and just all the unknowns that came from that was really, really scary. I think it fed into a lot of the other kind of fears that I had of not being adequate or not being ready to be a parent. Um, not knowing what the rest of the year would bring financially and just like, man, I felt like all my relatives were going to die. My parents were going to like, no one was going to be able to be around for this kid. Like this is not the kind of world I want to, this is not the world I want to bring a baby into. That part was really hard. I personally really struggled with being pregnant during the pandemic and not having access to prenatal yoga classes or like access to friends, access to family, not being able to sit down with my mother or any other mother and just chat with them about how I was feeling. I felt so, so alone. I struggled really bad. I struggled until about the middle of my second trimester. I admit this to anyone. You know, I started talk therapy, I think it was the middle of June. Totally recommend this therapy, life coaching, like counseling, whatever you want to call it. And I just started talking about like how hard it was to feel so much anxiety happening in the world and so much fear about like, can I go out? in public and like what happens if i get covid what happens to my baby i'm now responsible for two people i now you know they just don't know how covid might affect pregnant women they say it's fine another study says it's not fine you just don't know with something like this it's so new um and it's it's really really scary and really isolating, uh, to not have like Adam couldn't come to my doctor's appointments with me because of COVID. I had to wear a mask. I couldn't even see, you know, what my, my doctor looked like, you know, this is definitely one of the most challenging years of any of our lifetimes and to go through something so like life-changing, but have it reflect nothing of normalcy, (laughs) um, like no parties with friends, no celebrations, no going to stores or restaurants, like wanting certain foods, but not feeling like the store safe or that you can go get them. Um, just such a weird time. I, I send love to everyone for getting through this year. And I really want you to look back on 2020 with with proud eyes for getting through all of this stuff. Like this is not easy and it's still not easy. I mean, besides the pandemic, we have so much social and racial injustice injustice happening right before our eyes. There's so much pain and there's so much being stirred up right now, the only thing you can really do, for starters, is taking care of yourself first and doing whatever you can to keep yourself sane, to keep yourself calm so that you can respond and react and live in a way that's going to feel okay for you, going to feel safe for you so that you can then show up for other people and find a way to help. I think that's my answer (laughs) to that question. The second question that I got was... What is one thing you wish you knew about pregnancy that no one told you? I wish I knew how hard the first trimester is. And I give so much credit to women that have had to go to work during their first trimester. Some people are vomiting every single day. Some people can't keep food down. Some people are sleeping all day. Like to have to go to work, like I feel so lucky that I was able to be home for all my entire pregnancy except for a few weeks when I didn't know. Mad props and respect to every pregnant woman who has gone into like an office or a hard manual labor job or a people-facing job or where you're experiencing these crazy hormonal pregnancy symptoms and you can't tell anyone and you just have to like find a way through. Like props to you because man, the, the, the body does incredible things during pregnancy, but it also can really flip you and, and change things. <laughs> Third question is, um, do you think the pandemic influenced how you experience pregnancy? I kind of touched on this during the, um, the mindset question. Yes. I have played the victim of like, oh, poor me. I can't go to pregnancy classes with other mamas. I can't meet people at prenatal yoga. I can't, Adam can't come to any of my appointments and I can't see my mom. I can't fly, you know, home. I can't see my friends. Like I've spent so much more time alone for better and for worse it was really, really hard for me in the beginning to be alone and have all this stuff going on and not being able to share it with anyone. It just felt like there's so many other things we need to fix in this society, in our world before we should be like reproducing. And here I was reproducing. So <laughs> I think, yeah, um, the pandemic definitely influenced how I experienced it. Do you feel scared? Like every day <laughs> I feel scared. That was another question. I feel scared because women have been told to fear their bodies they've been told to fear pregnancy they've been told that labor is painful and that they need help from others to have a baby now i feel empowered i look down and like feel my baby bump and i feel him kicking in there and i feel lucky and i feel grateful and I feel very nervous for when he's actually here. <laughs> and I am nervous about labor because I have those fears ingrained in me. And I'm working very hard to relearn what labor is. And learn that it doesn't have to be this scary, painful, like 48-hour experience. It can be. And some for some people, that is their experience. But... There are relaxation techniques and breathing techniques and mental preparedness that you can take for labor and for motherhood to try and keep you sane. And that's what I'm going to do is work really hard to just keep myself as calm and relaxed as possible and allow the natural function of my body, which is childbirth, to happen in the way that it's meant to. And I'll leave it at that. Are you going to use an epidural or are you going to go natural? So this question stirred up, um, not controversy, but a good point that I wanted to read to you guys. So someone reached out to me who's in the medical field. She um, is a future anesthesiologist who will actually be giving epidurals to women. And she wanted me to say, and I totally... I think this is like really valued perspective to have in the back of your mind that we place a lot of negative or negativity on epidurals and we say that that's unnatural. And from the medical perspective, an epidural is basically pain relief given to women who are going through a, let's call it a like procedure, but like a, an event. Like you go get your wisdom teeth out and they give you pain meds and like don't look at an epidural as like a failure or like a, I want a natural birth and like an epidural is like unnatural. Everyone has their own take on this, right? Like I personally don't want to like assume that, like I want to like keep myself as calm as possible so that I don't necessarily need to have an epidural because i just don't see that as being part of my ideal 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 birth plan. If it happens, fine. If i'm in like not able to manage the pain because of x y and z or there's complications or there there it's there for a reason, right? I personally would love in an ideal world to have this baby without needing pain medicine because an unmedicated birthing standpoint women's bodies are capable of doing this and can do this unassisted if it's low risk if the baby's in the right position and with proper preparedness like this hypnobirthing class I'm taking this is a huge tangent this is hugely controversial I'm just simply sharing what my ideal scenario is and like I'll let you know what happens after the fact cuz I've never done this, so I don't know, but I'm going to try to keep my body as calm as possible and allow labor to happen. And hopefully I can do so without needing um, any kind of medical intervention. But like, like I said, I really don't know what's going to happen. How do you balance educating yourself without going down a rabbit hole of overpreparing? Holy shit. This is so real. This is from another pregnant mama. (laughs) And I'm so glad you asked. Oh my gosh, you guys, there is too much information out there, right? Like I'll share with you some of the books that like saved my life. Um, expecting better is one of them. It's Emily Oster is the author like a mother by Angela Garb Garbus. Holy shit. Read that one. Um, another one that was good, The Shit No One Tells You About Pregnancy. I read a little bit of the What to Expect to When You're Expecting books. As far as, like, parenting goes, there's no such thing as Bad Weather by Linda Linda Aikson McGurk. Um, The Shit No One Tells You About Pregnancy is by Emily Days. Let me make sure that's right. Dawn, Dawn Days, sorry. Okay. I forgot some other books upstairs. I brought the wrong ones down with me. Books are great. One of the reasons I wanted to do this one was I just felt like I wanted to hear more people talking about the process and, um, there's so many opinions out there, natural birthing, unmedicated birthing, hospital birthing, home birthing, like motherhood, do this. Don't do that. Like this is safe. This is not safe during pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. Like I could go on forever. There's so many freaking things. The best advice that I have received was from one of my friends, who just had a baby, and she said, your body knows what it's doing. You cannot ruin your pregnancy by only eating bagels. If that's all you can eat, eat it. If that's all you can handle with like the learning about stuff, just trust that your body is going to do literally 90% of the work. Drink water, sleep, move your body when you can, but you're not perfect. And this is a very challenging time to be all in co- control and, like, from someone who used to control everything that went into her body and every workout that she did, pregnancy really had me letting go of the reins and just being like, this is stronger than anything I've ever felt. I have to trust that the amount of preparedness that I do, the like, is enough. Like, I'm reading these pregnancy books because I'm curious and I would like to learn. So for me, it's fun to learn new methodologies, like take a hypnobirthing course, um, learn about more conventional methods of birthing, just like understand the area that I'm walking into in this phase of my life. Um, but there is an extent of like way overdoing it. And, um, I found myself in that recently. Like I was just talking to my therapist about this and she was like, You can't let this fear of not knowing get in the way of all the work and prepared and preparation you've done. You can't let labor be like the only thing you focus on because that's like one day. And like you're going to have this baby in your arms and like you have to just trust in your body, in yourself, that you're doing the best you can. There's no way you can learn everything before like I would love to learn about breastfeeding and sleep cycling and parenting and but like right now I'm still nailing down like the breathing techniques for labor and I'm just gonna hone in on that take it one step at a time and use your resources. Don't think you have to learn everything beforehand because you don't it just it's gonna happen anyway <laughs> like the baby's coming out You're going to have it in your arms. You're going to have to make decisions. And like you just have to trust yourself. You are just going to do the best you can with what you have. And that is always good enough. Oh, I've been talking forever. So I'm going to let this one go. I think there's probably going to be a follow-up here. Again, thank you for listening. This is... Been a very fun and scary time of my life. <laughs> and it's just awesome to have a platform that I can hopefully share and encourage conversations with you and your friends. Reach out to me if you have any questions. Obviously, I only know about my own pregnancy experience up until 28 weeks. I don't have a baby uh yet. <laughs> I mean, I have one kicking inside me, but I don't have one physically on the outside yet. Happy to share the things that really kept me sane. Um, and happy to hear your stories if you've gone through something similar or you'd like to in the future. I'm all ears. Um, Yeah. So cheers to y'all for listening and um, I'll see you next time.